Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1048 of the Juicebox podcast. I'm laughing a little because Rob is now doing the editing for the show and he takes notes. Um, it's not important. He leaves me notes about the episode so I can remember what they're about while I'm recording these opens. Um, the episodes here are, his notes are just hilarious right here for this episode. Apparently, I'm supposed to call it Flight Risk. Uh, this is Heather. She's 32. Uh, her 11-year-old son was diagnosed with type 1 in January of 2022. He had to be life-flighted to a hospital. And uh, we end up talking about that and her time in the military. Oh, gosh, a horrible thing that happened to her when she gave birth to her second child. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoy it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I think it's worth mentioning that I... The file name for this is the person's name, and I put the word butthole in parentheses, so I don't remember why I did that, but let's go. This episode of the Juice... Oh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know who the hell this episode of the Juice Box podcast is sponsored by. Hold on a second. I gotta open up a document here. That was embarrassing. I guess it doesn't need to be embarrassing. I could just take it out, but I think we all know I'm not going to do that. So, uh, looks like Omnipod episode 1048 and, hmm, nope, already did that, did that one. Oh, what's tomorrow's date? Is this fun for you guys hearing how the podcast gets made? Cause it's boring the hell out of me. Uh, October, right? Yeah, I don't owe AG1 an ad yet. We just did that one. Okay. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and Omnipod 5. Learn more and get started today at omnipod.com slash juicebox. That's omnipod.com slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Touched by by type1.org. Also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Their huge, oh, their big event is coming up, Dancing for Diabetes. I think there's still tickets available. If you're in the Orlando area, you do not want to miss it. Touchedbytype1.org. All right, guys, uh, podcast, here it comes. I am Heather. I am in central Washington. My now 11-year-old was diagnosed with type 1 last January. So we're just over a year in. Mm -hmm. And I guess we can start with that. Son, daughter? Son. Son. Yeah. Okay. Was there any reason to think someone in the family was going to get an autoimmune issue? Absolutely not. No. Okay. So no one in the family has celiac or thyroid? Not that we're aware of. Not that you're aware of. Nothing anybody talks about. No, and we don't really see family a lot. They're all in North Carolina, where we're originally from. Is is that why you're so, on the other side of the of the country? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it sure is. Oh, we gotta go. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> yes. 
Yeah, uh, we first moved to Chicago or northern Chicago, and we were there for 10 years, and we were like, we're not far away enough no, yet, you, so let's keep going. <laughs> Chicago was too close? What, what did they do, take a train? What happened? No, they never even visited, but it was still too close. It still felt too close. <laughs> That's excellent. All right. Okay, so no reason to think that there's going to be type 1. Uh, what was the nope. um, what was the onset like? Oh gosh, so we just moved to Central Washington. What year is it now? Twenty three. So twenty twenty one in July, and then I would say things started to get noticeably bad at the beginning of January of twenty twenty two, and. He was starting to get lethargic. He and it progressively got to where he had a failure to thrive. He wasn't getting up. He was laying down. He had no desire to do anything. He was hungry, but wasn't hungry. He was thirsty all the time. I didn't realize he was peeing all the time because, well, he's a 10 year old boy at the time. And like, I don't watch him use the bathroom. We were homeschooling, so he wasn't at school. And he was lazing around all day. And then it was like a, I don't remember, one afternoon, we got a text from a contractor that was doing some work at our house saying that they had been exposed to COVID and they had tested positive and he had been at our house. And we were like, okay, well, maybe all of this is COVID. Of course, that seems silly looking back in hindsight, but. COVID doesn't make you pee. Doesn't. It doesn't. No. It doesn't at all. Um, <laughs> but we didn't. I didn't know about type one diabetes. I've only worked with people with type two, and I've never known anyone with type one that I'm aware of. Okay. What do you What do you mean you work You worked with people with type two. How? Where did you do that? I worked at a nursing home for about five and a half years, mm-hmm. and I had several patients that I worked with with type two. Gotcha. But they had had it for years, and I just was the CNA that helped them. Like, I didn't do their care plans or their treatments or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't have the background knowledge of type 1 diabetes. Uh, Tested negative for COVID. And then the next day, like, actually... I'm terrible at storytelling and you're really good at it. So perfect. No, that, I'm just kidding. That made me nervous. <laughs> Wait, you're, you feel um, like you feel like I'm judging you for how you're telling your story. No, oh. I don't feel like you're judging me at all. I okay. feel like I'm judging myself. Oh, oh, don't do that. But, you're doing fine. because I want to remember all of the pieces. Yeah. Just say the parts that come to you. I'll pick through the rest. So like the week prior, I noticed like shortness of breath going up the stairs I noticed like a few days going into it, like his neck was like pulling in with his breaths. He was losing weight, but I just chalked it up. He's getting taller, but thinner. He's really active. You know, the things that we all do. Even though you've never once seen another human being grow that way. Well, I've never really seen a lot of kids. Oh, because you live in the woods. I have not. (laughs) <laughs> well, because I just don't hang around a lot of kids. I don't know that I really like kids. No offense to by, everyone listening. By, by the way, like, you, I love my kids. <laughs> you made that very clear when you made sure to let us all know that you don't watch your kid pee. 
you were like, it's not, it's not like I watch him pee. I was like, thank God she cleared that up. <laughs> then I thought, oh, God, should I start asking people if they're watching children use the bathroom? Because maybe we could identify a lot of creepers that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I meant him and his brother have their own floor of the house and they have their own bathroom. And I just don't know when he's using the bathroom. Okay. So there's that. But I could just see the weakness happening. And then the next morning, he like collapses in the bathroom because he couldn't hold himself up anymore. And so it's snowing outside. We're in the hills. And I was like, we're going to go to urgent care, but now we're going to go to the emergency room. Mm. So I had my husband carry him down the stairs that were slippery, (laughs) put him in the truck, and I drove to the emergency room. And on my way, I called the hospital. And I was like, hey, like my son's in a lot of pain. He's almost unconscious. I'm bringing him in. And I need someone to meet me at the door with a wheelchair because I don't know that I can carry a dead weight of 80 pounds. Well, you're like one of those TV shows where they call from the rig and they're like, we're coming in. And then you gave like, the, yeah. like the stuff. That was nice. Do you know? Yeah, how, I did that. But do, you, do you know how old I am? Um, I think you're about 50. Yeah. The answer is I'm so old that the TV show that I pictured <laughs> when I, <laughs> oh my God, uh, when I, um, when I just had that thought, it's so old, I have to look it up because I don't remember what it is. And it was just when television color was looking good. Um, <laughs> all right, hold on. Wait, wait, it was, how old are you? I am 32. Oh, you have no idea what I'm even thinking of then. It's hold a, on, I have it, to make sure. What We're I'm in thinking, 2023. Yeah, I'm 32. I'll be 33 this year. Yeah, I'm thinking of a show from the late 70s called Emergency. <laughs> Oh, I've seen that. Have you? And they, the only shows that I'll watch on TV are like medical shows, but I can't get into that one that you and your daughter love. Um, Grey's Anatomy. My daughter Arden began wearing the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump on February 4th, 2009. That was 5,093 days ago. Or another way to think of it, 1,600 and 97 pods ago. At that time, she was four years old. Hang out with me for a moment while I tell you more about the Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Today, Arden is 18 and still wearing Omnipod. Back then, there was one choice, just one pod. But today, you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod 5, the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6? Because if you do, it's available right now for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. The Omnipod 5 is an algorithm-based pump that features smart adjust technology. That means that the Omnipod 5 is adjusting insulin delivery based on your customized target glucose. That's helping you to protect against high and low blood sugars both day and night automatically. Both the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash are waterproof You can wear them while you're playing sports, swimming, in the shower, the bathtub, anywhere, really. That kind of freedom, coupled with tubeless, a tubeless pump. You understand it's not connected to anything. The controller is not connected to the pod. The pod is not connected to anything. You're wearing it on the body tubelessly. 
no tubing to get caught on doorknobs, or anywhere else that tubing with those other insulin pumps can get caught. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. That's where you go to find out more. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You should check that out too when you get to my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. So if you're looking for an insulin pump that is tubeless, waterproof, and automated, you're looking for the Omnipod 5. If you want to do it on your own and you're not looking for the automation, Omnipod Dash. For full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, please also visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Yeah, I can't get into it. May I, I can't say do something it. about Grey's Anatomy? I stopped watching. Go for it. I stopped watching. They took an entire season to stand on the beach and and bring back old characters as ghosts. And I was like, all right, that's enough. You crossed my line. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. What it felt like was that the star wanted a year at the beach. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> they were they were like, don't leave the show. What if we put you up in a beautiful beach house and we did all the shooting on the beach? And she went, all right, I'll do that. That's how it felt to me. Anyway, I'm done. Uh, Rampart was the hospital name in emergency in the late 70s. And that I can actually remember from being a child watching that show. Um, not funny. not the point. In my mind, uh, there's a guy with dark hair on like an old CB radio looking thing explaining the symptoms of your son as you're going to the hospital. That's how yeah, I that's like how he, I see your story. Yeah, his he was having like stomach pains. I could see him gasping for breath and it was it was really scary. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I I would like to not ever see anything like it again. And I 10 out of 10 don't recommend it for anyone. Yeah. Your um, explanation of his neck heaving scared me. Oh, it scared me. Yeah. And it happened like overnight. Like I could see it a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. He had had his COVID vaccine. So I was like, I mean, if it's COVID, like they're not going to do anything for him. Mm -hmm. And then his shortness of breath like kept increasing. And I was like, I've got to take him to the hospital. Yeah. No, well, and I mean, good, I, good job. I walked into the hospital. I mean, I guess good job. He had a 12.9 A1C and the doctors was like, he's about 24 hours from a coma. Like, good job. <laughs> well, at least you got you there before it. that. Yeah, we didn't get there much before <laughs> that. I kept I kept staring oh. at Arden. I was like, gee, she's really skinny. She's lethargic. She's sleeping all the time. But then she eats like crazy. But then she's a zombie. Yeah. And I was like, she must be yeah. sick must be sick sick i had a kid already the kid was like five years old i I he had been sick a number of times it had never looked like that and still right we were just sort of like yeah she'll probably get over this she'll probably get over yeah 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 right i I don't even know that you think about it that deeply i think what the real truth is I, i hate to say it like this you're the real truth is that we have no expectation of children dying like that's how good medical that's how good medicine is now. By because if it's a few hundred years ago, you were making five babies hoping to keep two of them. You, you know, so like but nowadays like we don't we have no expectation of something like befalling a child. And so right. when it starts happening you think oh this will go away cuz that's what happens, right? But not in your situation. Okay, yeah. so we're in the hospital now. Yeah. Did they meet you with a chair? Oh, they met me with a chair and apparently they immediately smelt the what is it that sweet smell or whatever the smell is on his breath and they took him back 
almost instantly. Hmm. They took him back and I was still trying to register at the front desk. Yeah. Wow. So they knew right away. Yeah. I don't have a sense of smell. I haven't since I was 17, 18 years old when I worked in the nursing home. That place smelled bad. (laughs) Wait, you don't have any sense of smell? It is coming back finally. Really? But it's been 15 years. Yeah. All that because of pee-pee? You were like, oh, I don't want to smell this anymore? You think your brain shut it off? Yeah, I don't think it was the pee-pee part of it. I think it was the, they were patients with C. diff, which is an infection in your bowel, and it smells horrendous. I started when I was 17, and my body was like, "Eh -eh, nope, (laughs) count me out. Talked you out of being able to smell. Um, That seems not like a technical description, but it's very interesting. Uh, So you couldn't smell his breath one way or the other. I smelt it one time, but I didn't know what I was smelling because I've never smelt it before, and I never smelt it again after that. Yeah, kind of like sweet or metallic-y or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think it's- I don't remember. I think it's the ketones you're smelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So what happened? I mean, he's that close. Does he go right into ICU? Do you get to see him? Like, is it COVID time? So it is COVID time, but- The problem is, is we're in central Washington. So we have one hospital in our county, I think, or at least local to us. And they do not have any, not one single pediatric specialist here in town. Mm -hmm. So they were able to know enough to get a slow insulin drip in him. And then they called Seattle Children's and I'm sure other facilities to try to get him into there. And we ended up being lifelighted to Seattle Children's. And that was quite traumatizing. But they did let me in the room. They came in and told me that he had type 1 diabetes. They ran all of his tests and all of this. And I just like fell to the ground crying. My husband was at home with my youngest son. So I was there by myself. And we only have one vehicle because we've just been a one vehicle family because both my husband and I work from home and we don't need a second vehicle. And I was like, how are they going to drive to Seattle when the vehicle's here at the hospital? We don't have family here. We just moved. We don't know a lot of people. There were so many logistics and it was quite stressful. We figured it out though. Yeah. yeah, Very overwhelming. Life flight. They put them in a helicopter. They put them in a helicopter. Yeah. They put us in an ambulance, took us to the airport and put him in a helicopter at the airport and flew us over the mountains to Seattle. Wow. Did they stabilize him at all before they did that? Uh, he was in and out of consciousness in on the entire helicopter ride. They, did, did he have any insulin for the ride? They did have a drip going in, but I don't know how much it was. Yeah. Interesting. But he was in and out of consciousness for probably the first 24 to 36 hours. Wow. 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 That's crazy. Did he have any deficits afterwards? No, not that we have, not that we found. No. All of his organs seem to be working like they are supposed to be. Well, that's super lucky. That's, I mean, do do you know why in hindsight did they move him? Did they feel like they couldn't help him there? Oh, they could not help him there. Okay. Not at all. Like they would not admit him because they don't have pediatric specialists here. Like okay. there's not a pediatric endocrinology in my town. I have to drive three hours to get there. Hmm. Over a mountain. Well, we through, through fired it. them. That's a whole nother story. You fired, we fired the mountain them. people? The mountain people are gone now too? 
Yeah. And then now we go the opposite direction to Spokane. Yeah. Okay. okay. Tell me a little, I have two things before I want to move on. So tell me why you stopped seeing the initial doctors. We saw them 30 days post diagnosis and they were like, we have this technology, we have this technology and we wait six months to get on this. And mind you, I've already started listening to the podcast at this point. Mm -hmm. So I was already like a few weeks into listening and I was like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll humor you and we'll see what happens. And we get the Dexcom after some, it felt like fighting with the facility. And I was like, all right, so my son's starting to develop disordered eating habits. Like he's choosing not to eat because he doesn't want insulin injections. And I'm not having that because I'm not going to have my 10 year old starting with disordered eating habits. Mm-hmm. And we want to pump. And they were like, oh, we can't do that. And I was like, oh, no, we can. I want to pump. And they were like, you can't do that until six months. We need to prove whatever it was. I was like, no, you don't. We want to pump. I need you to send in the prescription because if you say it's going to take six months, then we need to start now because I'm already going to have to fight with insurance. Yeah. And on the six month mark, if that's what you're saying, I want to put a pump on his arm. And they were like, no. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Do it. <laughs> and and instead of having the fight, you went somewhere else? Well, no, they finally put the prescription in. Okay. And then they thought that because insurance denied it, that we were just going to let it go. And I was like, absolutely not. So I paid for the first month out of pocket and they were pissed. Oh, so you showed up like right away with the pump. Because you were like, just send. You were, I didn't go back. No. Oh, because oh, you were just like, send send in the script. And, you know, six months from now, we'll get our pump. But as soon as the script hit, you made it happen. 100%. I wasn't playing that game with them. Yeah. And you went to a pump for cash until you could get it worked out with your insurance. Correct. And the insurance wanted a medical necessity letter and the doctor wouldn't give it until we went back for our six month appointment. So I fired them, called a different doctor, let them know what we needed. And they were like, oh, I'll write you a letter right now. Yeah. So they sent in a letter and like the next month it was covered and it was no big deal. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. But first, I want to tell you something. But yeah. I guess I'm going to start by asking you a question. How does food, okay. how does food taste to you? This is going to seem like such a left turn, but how does food <laughs> how does food taste to you? Do you have like a strong feeling for how food tastes or not really? I don't. I think it's a really good question. It's something I've thought about a lot. Well, let me tell I you something. I don't know if I taste food the same way everyone else does. Heather, you should have googled it. If you smell, okay, ready? Here it is. Tasting tasting is actually smelling. I know. It is commonly thought that the flavor of food is experienced by the taste buds on the tongue. In fact, the mouth distinguishes only rudimentary information on sweetness, saltiness, sourness, and bitterness. Uh, Odor molecules from food. I guess that's odor. Am I on a... Yeah, I was like, I'm on an Australian website. Like, why is that spelled wrong? (laughs) Odor molecules from food rise to the olfactory epithelium. And supplement the information from the tongue with a much more sophisticated with much more sophisticated data. That's why food tastes bland when you have a head cold. Oh no, kidding! Hmm. The olfactory epithelium is clogged with mucus and can't function properly. Betterhealth.vic.gov. I've told several doctors this, and none of them seem to be concerned. Huh? Okay. And then that thought leads me into this thought, which I'm going to wrap back around to what you were saying because. All right, so my kids have, like, flown the coop. 
You know what I mean? Like Arden's going to have to keep yep. coming back when, in college breaks. But Cole left. He's got a job. It's going well. I'm pretty sure we're never going to see him again. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, that's not true. We're actually going to go visit him in a week. But that but uh, and Arden's at college, right? And she has long her her college is set up very interestingly. She gets a very long break at the holidays, but then when she heads back, she doesn't get another break for like six months. It's they do it in quarters and anyway, not the point. Point is, I don't have anybody here to worry about, and Kelly doesn't seem to like it when I worry about her. So <laughs> after fifty-one years, and I mean this like sincerely, not maybe every one of my fifty-one years, but you know, my parents had trouble being parents. So I parented my brothers and my parents at some times. And then my father left and I was literally raised my brothers. From the time I was 13, my middle brother was eight, my youngest brother was three. Like, my mom got up every morning and went to a job and didn't come back till five or six o'clock. So, like, you know, I raised them as well as a 13-year-old maybe could raise two kids. Then I met my wife. She had some issues with her family. We got through those. Then we had kids. And then there was, like, two years in there. I was like, look at how great. And then, boom, diabetes. (laughs) I was like, well, I I really think there were, like, two good years in my life. (laughs) I think around 2000, 2001. And then, of course, the World Trade thing happened in the middle of my good time. So not particularly good. And um, anyway, uh, and then I've been paying attention to Arden's health. And then learning more about Kelly's health and then my son's. And you know what I forgot to do, Heather? Take care of your health? I did forget to take care of myself. Yeah, I didn't pay any attention to myself. So there's like a decade in the middle of my life where my iron was low, where I just suffered. Mm -hmm. I just suffered through it. And it was terrible, right? So I figured that out. And then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, this is probably it, you know? But they left and I was like, huh, I really, like, I spend so much time, like, I don't know, playing Dr. House and and being like, you know what I think this means? You know, I think this could be that. Like, I mean, the way I figured out Cole's Hashimoto's is insane. I found a symptom buried in an NIH article, like a symptom that never happens to anybody. And I was like, that's this. And then boom, thyroid medication and he's okay. So I thought, let me turn this on myself a little. And I made an appointment with Dr. Benito, who's uh, the doctor who's come on and talked about uh, thyroid stuff here and is Arden's integrative endocrinologist, um, Mm -hmm. handles Arden's thyroid and actually is going to start handling Arden's diabetes as an adult and um, does my kids thyroid and my wife's and all this stuff, right? So I sat down and I made this comprehensive list of everything that's been wrong with me my whole life. Because I was like, let me see if there's overlap between what I see with the kids, right? Because maybe we have things obviously going on similar. I make this comprehensive list. I make an appointment. I go into Dr. Benito's office on Saturday. And she's like, tell me, you know, I said, she's like, you're here because, and I said, I just, I have some things going on. I'm living with them okay. But I look at my body and I think it's not functioning properly. Like, it's, it's just not. Like, Heather, I don't eat very much food. I weigh more than I should. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. when I was active, this is what my body looked like. When the podcast got really popular and I just sit here in this chair most of the day, it didn't change. This is what I look like. Like, it just, it's always yeah. this level of like, eh, I mean, I guess it's all right. Like, that kind of thing. And so we went through everything. 
And here's why you want to get a good doctor. Dr. Benito heard my concerns and said, here, go get a blood draw. This is what I'm going to test for. She tested for thyroid, even though I don't have any thyroid system symptoms. She's testing for low testosterone. She's testing for in, like everything, my iron, like things that you would like things that I was like, why do you test for this? She goes, it supports this here. I'm like, okay, whatever, just go for it. And I, and she's like, if you want, you can try an injectable to like lose some weight with too. And I was like, really? And she goes, sure. Why not? And I, and I was like, yeah, why not? Like, why am I wasting my life trying to find this perfect avenue to fix something? Like, why not? Like, I, you know what, Heather? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't get high. Like, I, I, why not? Why not inject something once a week to see if it helps me lose weight or see if my metabolism, who the hell knows? But why am I just okay with this? I don't know. Well, the reason is, is that every doctor I've ever gone to in the past looks at me and goes, you're all right. Mm, yeah. It's convenient. I agree with them. Right. But I wouldn't, if it was my kid. I'd be like, no, no, you're wrong. Keep looking. When it's me, <laughs> yeah. I'm, when it's me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's probably okay. I, I mean, I get up in the morning. So anyway, right. I don't know what's about to happen to me. My blood test is literally just out now, but this this lady is going to aggressively address anything that she sees, and and I think yeah. that you know, coming when it comes <laughs> to diabetes, like that's what you need, you know. Anyway, yeah, I will say that last year. I was fighting with my own doctors for my own health because visibly I am a thin, healthy, abled body that doesn't have any issues. Well, they were wrong. They were very wrong. Hmm. I fought them for like six months. I'm a veteran. So I go to the VA. That's just a pain in itself in my current clinic because I'm at a satellite clinic because we're so far away from civilization, but it took four to six months for them to finally draw full panels. Like I was asking, I was like, something's wrong with my thyroid, something's wrong with this. Why am I doing the work for you? They finally drew and they were like, Oh no, your ferritin levels are low. And I was like, Oh, I feel like Scott. I, <laughs> my ferritin was down to 5.2 the day I had my first iron infusion. Wow. How are you even walking? That's crazy. I wasn't, no. I wasn't walking. I was in bed. I would say 18 hours a day mm. because my brain wasn't functioning. My body wasn't functioning. Sure. And I was like, something is wrong with me. No, you're fine. No, I'm not. Did they try to tell I'm you, not fine. But they, did they try to give you the, like the, like the old, like you're just, you know, sad or you need to, exercise or eat did they hit you with all that bullshit oh yeah of course yeah. but i'm a personal trainer and a nutrition coach like i know i need to work out and i know how to eat i'm good uh -huh. but i can't do it because i don't have the energy right right that's interesting i it's, can't get out of the bed how many it was how many it was rough. how many infusions what did they give you did they give you injectifer or did they give you the other one um i had two of injectifer before thanksgiving last year okay and I'm like a new person. Yeah. Would it take a couple months for you to feel better? Uh, yeah, I would say probably the beginning of this year, middle of January, I really started to feel good. Here's a fun question. Did you have a heavy period before this? No, I have endometriosis. Oh. So 
I actually use a birth control that stops my period so that I don't have period issues and issues with endometriosis. So I don't even have a period. You don't have a period. So nope. All right. I'm going to say something. All right, Dr. House, I want every, give it to me. I want everybody to keep in mind that I'm borderline on an idiot. I almost didn't graduate from high school, um, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so forth. But you know how they say like, oh, about 10 years ago, it was the data is telling us that people with type 1 diabetes are frequently low on vitamin D. And now in the uh -huh. last couple of years, the data is like, you know, basically the population is low on vitamin D. And okay, endometriosis isn't an autoimmune disease, but isn't it interesting that you can't keep your iron up? Yeah, and it is. How how much? And isn't it interesting that you can't keep your iron up, and your kid has type one diabetes, and I can't keep my iron up, and my kid has type one diabetes? Isn't, maybe isn't, it's just a coincidence. Who maybe, knows? Maybe it is. But why is it we're hearing so much about people on the podcast whose iron is super low? And they're walking around like zombies and nobody wants to do anything for them. And then it, it's up to the person to fight to get this test. I'm telling you, a ferritin level should be part of, should just be part of your blood draw when you get a blood draw every year. And if you're, right? and if you're not getting your blood work done and you have insurance, what are you doing? Just let them do it, you know? And then you look oh, at Oh, I do it annually. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so your ferritin was five. You beat me. I think my lowest was 11. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't want to compete with that one. No, I don't want anyone to have that nonsense. Horrible brain fog, right? Can't, oh my gosh. Can't get rested. And I was in school. What the I hell? was trying to do school. I had three classes I was in and I was trying to function hmm. and live my life. And I thought I was dying. And you have two kids. One of them has diabetes and you have to climb over a mountain to buy a gallon of milk. Yes. Yeah. You should get a cow. Yeah. <laughs> I would if my homeowners association didn't say that we can't have livestock. Uh, you, you haven't heard it yet on the podcast, but I there was about a week where I got like enraptured with the idea of raising chickens. <laughs> and then one person was like, why don't you get a cow too? And I was like, well, what? I can't do that, can yeah. I? <laughs> what would I do with a cow? Well, I also want to get, I think it's goats that they say they help clear the sagebrush off the side of the mountain that we live on. Mm -hmm. They help keep it like clean and safe from potential fires. Yeah, I want to get a goat too. But they won't let you? No, I can't have livestock. We have a, a perfect place for chickens, and we can't have livestock. Heather, what if a couple of goats just got loose? I know, right? I've considered it. I'm just saying. I've considered it. Old man Doug, Nick, it just sucks. The president is right next door to our house. Yeah, you think he'd he, see you letting the goats out? <laughs> I don't know. Old man Doug pays a lot of attention to a lot of things that goes into the neighborhood, and I just don't like it. Gotcha. Well... Uh, maybe his iron will get low and he won't be able to stand up and look out the window. <laughs> uh, and, and, like really like life altering getting the, the infusion, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. The, um, like I'm back obviously in school again this semester and my ability is like a hundredfold different than it was last semester. Mm -hmm. I can focus, I can concentrate. I, Did life is just better. I was having shortness of breath. I was having chest pains. They sent me to the cardiologist. They did a CT scan. 
They did stress tests. They did echocardiograms. Like they did everything. I was like, my heart's fine. Yeah. My lungs are fine. That's not the problem. Yeah. But you're having shortness of breath. Yeah. I am, yeah. but it's not because of my heart and my lungs. Heather, they I think it out. I think what they want to say is, yeah, but you're having shortness in breath. And the three days that we spent on shortness in breath in medical school tells me to do this because yeah, well, we're just trying to stop you from dropping dead right now. We're not actually worried about why you're shortness of breath. If it's not because of lung or heart issues, then you should go see a different doctor about that. And you, I, you know what I mean? And that's what I told them. <laughs> I was like, I know I need to see a different doctor. Send me to them. But yeah. again- as a veteran, all of the processes have to go through like this referral process. And there's hardly any specialists here in town. So my hematologist is an hour and a half away. Like it's a disaster. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Are you making any changes to your diet to try to keep your iron up? Or do you, are you afraid your body's just going to use it up and you'll be back in the same boat again? My diet is no different. I was eating red meat at least once a day prior to mm -hmm. like I was eating my fair share of iron and I don't know what was going on. So no, my diet hasn't changed. I've had my, what was it? Three month check. And they said my iron levels were well above normal. They'll recheck again in three more months. All right. So if, I don't know. if, if Dr. Benito was here, she would tell you to take Vitron C. You know, I have that in my Amazon cart. Okay. <laughs> Well, how long does it take to come over the mountain? Did they drop it from a parachute or how does it get over there? I, uh, I mean, just a mail truck. Guy in a car. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not as exciting where you yeah. live as I'm imagining. Like in my, in no, my, it's... in my imagination, you live on the Yellowstone ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I do live in between lots of orchards. Oh, that's lovely. That's very nice. Okay. So get, get the Vitron C and um, take it. Keep your iron up. Yeah, then, I do. I actually, I lied. I do. I did change a little bit. I do eat a bit more berries because of the vitamin C that they provide. Which and I did tell people why you care about vitamin C because your body absorbs iron better if you take vitamin C. Right. Exactly, Heather. Where, and, did, where did you learn this? Um. Comment. Well, I've been anemic most of my adult life. Okay. And the doctors told me one doctor was halfway useful before I moved. I don't want to be married to you. I don't feel like it would be fun. <laughs> My husband probably thinks the same, but we're going to hit 10 years in the fall. So it must not be too bad. <laughs> Maybe he just likes the, the beatings. Who knows? You're just like, how did you describe that other doctor? I had another doctor who was halfway useful. Yes. That hit me I very mean, hard as a married person. I was like, oh, that's how Kelly feels about me. I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find my husband to be very useful. He is way more useful than doctors are. Oh, my God. Um, hey, IDA, iron deficiency anemia, increases autoimmune disease risk, particularly in female patients and patients with certain comorbidities. Clinicians should fun. conduct... <laughs> conditions should conduct... Uh, further clinical evaluations and laboratory tests of autoimmune diseases in patients with IDA. Oh, great. So here's a little like like uh, view into that. I, when I wrote everything down to go to the doctor, I told her that about four weeks ago on a comfortable but chilly day, I found myself outside uh, not expecting to stay outside. So I was in a short sleeve shirt. And pants of some sort. So my, I'm trying to tell you, my legs were covered. My arms weren't. I didn't have any thickness on the top. It was the 
temperature was in the 50s, early, like low 50s. And I found myself holding a shovel. My neighbor saw me and we started chatting. So now the shovel is at my left side. I'm holding it about midway through the handle. It's kind of balancing its own weight in my hand. And we talk for, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. And um, I go back inside and jump in the shower. And when I get in the shower, I realize my fingers on my left hand are blue. Ooh. But not where the shovel was. And I'm like, what the hell? So, oh, now it's all making sense. I called Kelly, who probably thought I was trying to trick her into getting in the shower with me. But I was like, look at my hand. <laughs> and um, I was like, is this Raynaud's? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh. Well, and then I believed her. Meanwhile, she has no background. You know, it was like, all right, yeah. And it warmed up and it went away. And I told Dr. Benito that story and she goes, maybe Raynaud's. And I said, I don't That's know. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, right? <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't know. And she goes, okay, okay. And then just she kind of followed it away in her head while she's going. But I have trouble holding on to iron. My kid has type 1 diabetes. My fingers get over the, it's only been like the last 10 years. If I, I have, I have a lawnmower. I just made that noise because I don't know how to explain this. I have a lawnmower where I operate it with my hands up in the air above my heart and out in front of me. And if I do that on cold days, my fingers get very cold. And there's some, huh. and if I lay on my back and hold my phone up in front of me, my fingers get like weird. Interesting. Yes. So, Instead of just like hoping I'm not going to die, I'm going to actively try not to. Like that's right. that's my new plan. Now that I don't have everyone's everything to worry about all the time, like yeah, like, I've got like, a few years left for that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 doing this. Okay, so let's try to pivot to why you came on the podcast. <laughs> why did I come on the podcast? I know, I know why. Hold on a second, but but it's. By the way, 40 minutes in, this has been a lively conversation. And I oh. and I forgot to bring up, can you say at all for me? At all? Yeah, use it in a sentence. Uh, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that at all. Earlier in the podcast, everybody has to go back. In like the first five or six minutes, you said to tall. You, you said at, oh. <laughs> you were saying at all, but it like got caught in your mouth. And you were you were like, I didn't like that at all. To tall. And I was like, to tall. <laughs> To tall. Why? And then I thought, is she doing an impression of Schmidt from New Girl? And I was like, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You're probably, right. Probably I don't not. watch TV. Oh, you should watch New Girl. Uh, but nevertheless, that was interesting. And you kept saying vehicle instead of car or truck. Is that colloquial to your, like, where you're at? To use the word vehicle? I don't know. I, we have a truck, but. You don't have to go too deep into know. this, Heather. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I didn't know that I actually said it that often. You used the word vehicle so many times. I thought I was in a commercial for the word vehicle. Oh gosh. Did I really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it must she, have been my nerve. She's selling me on this word. I was like, I, I believe you. <laughs> I get the vehicle. I got it. Uh, anyway, you, you came on the show because you experienced a diabetes fast forward from the podcast. I did. Well, yeah. at least I thought that I did. Okay. So tell me if you did or you didn't or what happened. We were doing really well with the dash, mm -hmm. but then school was about to start and they were actually going back to school. And it was like, I want to get him on the five and let it automate and do what it's supposed to do. And I feel like I've had some good success with the five. And then at the same time, I want to throw it out the window. Okay. Tell more. It, 
It also doesn't help that he's still honeymooning and his body decides to work sometimes and decides not to work sometimes, well, his pancreas. And that's quite annoying because as you know, that there's no like rhyme or reason to when that happens and when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So his pump will finally figure out that it needs to increase how much it's giving in the background and then his needs will drop and then it'll give too much in the background. And then I'm just like feeding lows all day Hmm. or then it realizes that he doesn't need as much insulin. And then by that time, his insulin needs have gone back up again and it, there's just no consistency. It, it, I'm frustrated. Are you sure that's a honeymoon? Is it, does his activity like wax, wax and wane or does it stay pretty consistent? It stays very consistent, but I am fairly certain that it's a honeymoon because he's 11 and the doctor at our last appointment said that he should generally be using between 30 and 35 units a day until the last two or three days he's been using under 25. Okay. Between 15 and 25 units a day. And most of it is in mealtime. And he does not n- usually need a lot of basil. Okay. Well, that's so sounds... like his percentages are like 20 to 30% basil. Right. And, and because you're saying because the algorithm is trying to figure out needs and then the needs keep changing that you see highs and lows because the needs change and then it goes, oh, okay, hold on. I'll change back again. And then before you know it, it changes again. Right. Yeah. So you think, when, but when I'm in manual mode, I can keep it stable. Because why? What do you do? I don't do anything. He has a consistent amount of basil every hour. Like literally, his needs are the same. Well, I have the pump set to where it's the same number for 24 hours, but it is always getting that amount of basil every hour. Like there's no pausing insulin because it thinks that he's not going to go mm-hmm. high or low. It's just consistent all day long. What's that basal rate that you use during manual? Well, a few weeks ago, we went into a mode and he was using between 0.3 and 0.4. Mm-hmm. And then last week, it went back down to 0.15. How much does he weigh? Like 85, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're right. I think there's still a honeymoon happening. That seems like the most reasonable answer to me. But the algorithm is working off of what? When you set up the algorithm, what did you tell his basal was? 0.3, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a little bit higher because that's what it is generally, right. I guess. Okay. So, it, it's, so it's interesting. So are you upset with the algorithm or are you upset with the honeymoon? Um, I'm definitely not upset with the honeymoon. Like, I am annoyed and would rather it be consistent, but at the same time... Like if his body's going to work, I want it to work as long as it wants to work or as long as it's going to work. And I can't say that I'm mad at the system because that's not fair. It's just frustrating. It is extremely frustrating. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I I mean, I think that I think this is the time that I would tell you that it sucks, but the variability is not going to stop. Diabetes just sort of is this game. You know, right, right, and, you know, right now it's a honeymoon. In two years, it'll be hormones. Uh, right. Then it'll be activity. And then it'll be, you know, going to college and sitting up all night and, and eating a meal at two o'clock in the morning. And then, it'll, yep. and then it'll be 
the next thing it's going to be and the next thing it's going to be like variables are always going to impact insulin and the variables of your life, unless you're going to do, you know, unless you're going to make sure you do exactly the same freaking thing over and over and over again, then this is going to happen. So as soon as the honeymoon's over, you should find more stability, I would think. But, I yeah. When you were in manual and you noticed a decrease in need, did you decrease the basal then to 0.15? Yeah, well, I would decrease it by 0.05 until you and it would work. Back end, and yeah. I would figure out that it would need a decrease overnight when I was feeding lows. Would uh, activity mode on the Omnipod 5 ha- help with this when his needs go down or setting the target higher? Have you tried either of those things? I, I have set the target higher and maybe it helps. Mm-hmm. But I don't want his target higher. Like I want him to sit between 90 and 110. So when his needs go down, you set the target higher. He actually is higher then. Yeah. Gotcha. And you would prefer it. Yeah. It, it, that, I mean, that's a limitation of it right there. Right. You know, I don't know that that would happen any differently. I was trying to think of other systems, but I don't see that that would happen any differently with other systems either. Yeah. You know, because no matter what settings are settings and goals are goals. So if your needs drastically decrease, and I mean, and going from 0.4 to 0.15 is a drastic decrease in basal. And so if that, if that happens, like, even if this was, if this was Arden you were talking about and she was looping, the loop would still think this is her basal. This is her insulin sensitivity. That's our goal. And as soon as it saw a number, it would correct it. And it would be too much if her needs suddenly dropped down. Like, imagine if you're listening, like the easiest way to think about it is just imagine that your, you know, your basal is one per hour. That's your need. And then suddenly your basal need goes to 0.2 an hour, but we don't make any changes. We just keep pushing one, one whole unit. Like you're going to get crazy low. So that's what's happening to you. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And sometimes we have some pretty number wise they're they're pretty low but he's never had a scary low well he did have one before he was on the dexcom and that was when we were still pretty new he was wrestling with my husband and like tested him and i think he was in the 20s or 30s and he was like i don't feel good and i was like i bet you don't yeah wow that's crazy but you know though see here's the interesting thing it's happening to you and you're aware of all of it so while it's not what you want, you're not overwhelmed or confused by it. Is that right? Oh, correct. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Okay. I'm frustrated by it, but I'm not confused by it. I am not, oh my gosh, why is that happening? Like, it makes sense. I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. So what? when you first wrote to me, you were like, the, you were saying, like, I think the podcast has really, like, brought my understanding of diabetes, like, quickly, like, up. Is that, do you still feel that way? Oh, yeah. I I mean, honestly, like, so my husband's cousins, whatever, family member told us about the podcast because they had a friend that recommended it. Mm -hmm. And so I started listening to it like a week after diagnosis. And I don't know where I would be today if I haven't listened to almost every single one of your podcast, because the amount of value that is provided between the pro tips and just hearing the stories and just hearing everyone else's experience, I wouldn't know the different things. I would be so much more fearful of each 
fall or each double arrow down or like I wouldn't know what to do and I would freak out. And now I'm like, well, we're definitely not going to overtreat that low. We're going to give you what you need and then we're going to see what happens mm. and we're going to wait and we're going to be patient. Like, I know you might feel a little low right now, but give it some time and it will turn around. I imagine it helped too when the needs went down. It probably stopped you from just looking at the pump and being like, the thing doesn't work. Because that's, oh, yeah. I, I think that's what happens to people. They just, they're like, the thing stopped working. Like, what? Like, you know, like, no, no thinking past it like that. Just, I was using a pump and it worked fine. And then suddenly it wasn't working anymore. And by working, I mean, my blood sugars weren't doing what I expected. It must be this thing. Instead of, right. I wonder why, because the, because the thing is just doing what you tell it, whether you yeah. Yeah, think of it that way or not. It's, is only, it's a lot like, um, like, it's like, you know, people get scared about like autonomy. They're like, well, I don't want a robot. It's going to take over the world. Like, the robot's going to do what the, what you tell it to do. You, you know, like yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's not going to start having feelings on its own. <laughs> and, and decide, that's true. Yeah, when you go home at night, it's not going to reprogram itself. There, um, nope. it, it does what you tell it to do. These pumps do what you tell it to do through settings. And that's it. That it's just that it's a delivery system for settings. And people are like, oh, well, the algorithms are smart. Okay. Yeah. But they're not really smart. They're just using your settings to deliver insulin based on your blood sugar. There's the, the next step, yeah. right? Uh, a manual pump is delivering insulin based on your settings and your input of how many carbs you ate. That's what it's doing. Um, right. And an automated system is doing that plus making adjustments when it sees your blood sugar going up or down. And it, it doesn't right. make it smart. It just makes it smarter. Yeah. It, it's not free thinking. We're, we're, we're pretty far from that. Um, but <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, you can't even figure out how to release three goats without your neighbors saying, I don't know how we're supposed to figure out all this other stuff. <laughs> Me either. And I'm not the technology guru. He Heather, I'm just so, saying at night, you just, you just come in at night and then you put a couple of goats on the hill and nobody sees and you're done. Right. And then, they make, and then the neighbor gets to benefit too. Yeah. They make baby goats and everything's fine. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't need baby goats. Well, how you're going to need more goats. Yeah, no. I don't want baby goats. When you, I don't want more babies of any kind. <laughs> Heather, you don't you don't like other people's children or baby goats. What happened to you? <laughs> I I think I missed the parental like desire that a lot of women get. Okay, I love my children, and I'm so glad that I have them. I cannot have more <laughs> because of your disdain for children. No, no, like I, my 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 second son did some damage. Oh, he grabbed a couple things on the way out. Yeah, yeah, he grabbed a hold of several things on the way out, <laughs> and um, I had to have my tubes. I had to have a fer permanent form of birth control, and I was too young for a hysterectomy. Oh, I'm sorry. So, oh, I thought you were saying intellectually you weren't going to have any more children. <clears throat> not, phys no. not physically. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I don't have my tube, so I don't have the connector point to be able to have more kids. Wow. They didn't just tie them. They removed them. Correct. Was there a um, some sort of an obstruction or a, a tear or break? I had a fourth degree tear and ended up basically having a vaginal C-section delivery with my son. Okay, that just gave me the shivers in my spine, and I don't have a, and I don't have a <laughs> vagina. So, what is vaginal C-section? Did they didn't cut your thing? Did they? 
Well, they didn't. Well, they did try to cut it. And then he was like, nope, I'm just going to rip it the rest of the way. So I was ripped. I think the word that you like to use is taint. Um, (laughs) I've also heard gooch recently, which I've enjoyed. (laughs) Yes. So literally from the back of my vagina all the way down to my rectum and ended up having to have a reconstructive surgery. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And by sorry, yeah. by sorry, I mean for me for hearing that because it was very upsetting. <laughs> it was very, very upsetting when you said that just now. I'm getting hot. Yeah, it was, I'm it was sweat- fun. I'm sweating and my butthole's intact. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, what's the recovery from that like? It was not pleasant. No. <laughs> yeah, I bet it you wasn't it wasn't. Pleasant. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. I mean, even if you hadn't. Even if they hadn't taken the tubes, I assume you, you're you not up for it one way or the other after that, right? No. Yeah, I wouldn't do Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Oh No. I'd get my husband a girlfriend if I was you. I'd be like, listen, completely <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. Actually, we'll build an extra bedroom where I was going to put the goats. <laughs> and you can, just, <laughs> can live there with your paramour and come in here when you want to talk about family stuff. Oh, my oh, God. I'm so funny. sorry. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should, have you told your son that, or do you keep that from him? Oh, no. He 100% knows that oh. he damaged me on his way out. How did you not and say? And I can't have kids because of his big head. Heather, how did you not say he totally knows that he ripped me a new asshole? How did you not say that? I was counting on you right there. <laughs> I was counting on you to cover for me so I wouldn't have to say that. <laughs> well, that's insane. <laughs> Oh, my God. I have questions about how you poop after that. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask them. I I thought I wasn't going to, but I am. So after the tear happens and they repair everything, how long does it take you to be able to do your business again? Well, after – so the reconstructive surgery didn't happen for six months. Wait, what? Why? Um, Now you're you're making me hot again. How did that happen? Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. I'm not okay. (laughs) Hold on. It took them six months to do the reconstruction? They didn't believe me that anything was wrong, Scott. What do you mean? They're doctors. This was not obvious when we examined your undercarriage that there was a problem? No. They sewed me back up just like they would everyone else. But my, um, I'm going to make you hot some more. Go ahead. My. Not in the way I was hoping, (laughs) but go ahead. (laughs) Uh, My sphincter muscles. Uh were only at like 50% capacity. So they had to tear them or cut them again and then try to connect them at a closer point so that it could have like 75 to 80% working muscles in my anal sphincter. I thought you said you weren't good at telling a story. That just... Oh my God, that just painted a picture in my mind. I know exa- I don't know anything about anal reconstruction, and I understood what you were talking about. They had to kind of change the grab point for the muscle to make the, the sphincter close and open r- properly. Yeah. Yo, were yeah. you like. So I was incontinent of urine and bowel for about six months before yeah. they realized that I was telling the truth. Like, oh God. I don't know how this took a turn, Heather, but are we talking like sharts or like full things just falling out? I would say shark. Okay. You would say I sharks. wasn't shitting my pants. <laughs> we have not said anything that we can name the podcast yet. <laughs> wow. 
Um, so that's all okay now? Everything's staying where it's supposed to? Yeah. Um, for now. They told me when I had the surgery what, seven years ago now that five to ten years post-surgery, there may have to be an injection of or an, another surgery to put some sort of a port that sends signals to my sphincter muscles to make it continue working uh, because it may just stop working at some point. I don't know. We're just waiting to see what happens. Wow. Boy, that kid ever forgets your birthday or mother's day. <laughs> Even one time I'd be right on the phone and I would, I would tell him that exact story. You just told me. I'd be like, mm -hmm. I would be like, I, I was my birthday today and I didn't get a card. And um, I know you're 43, but I just wanted to tell you the story about when they had to re-sew the muscles in my sphincter. Um, <laughs> get a drink because it's going to take me a while because you were really good at describing that other. Like really, really. Like, I think I think on a desert island, I could take a shot at that surgery based on what you just said. So um, <laughs> holy crap. That was terrible. Oh, I, I, and again, yeah. for, for me, I'm not even thinking about you. <laughs> Just thinking about myself right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, hold on. I'm gonna, I, I was gonna, do you know what I was gonna ask you before we got to this? I was gonna ask you what you were in the military for. And then I was like, oh, I'll just ask this real quick first. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Oh my God. Um, what were you in the military for? Well, that was fun. I, I was, I was an electrician by, trade that never worked an electrician and did paperwork as a yeoman you were in the navy i was in the navy okay and you were you came in as an electrician and they did not give you that kind of work no okay mm -mm. but that probably is because of uh i don't know my reconstructive surgery and all the issues that came with that seriously you, yeah i was you, medically discharged you wait from your butt kind of that was part of it i have depression and anxiety the delivery caused lots of issues in my hips which caused weakness in my knees and i fell down the stairs carrying my youngest oh my gosh so they were like you're a flight risk and wait, i was like hey, wait you're a flight okay. risk like a flight of stairs yeah. risk <laughs> sorry <laughs> yes yes and they didn't want me on the water well or on a ship falling down the stairs or anything. Wow. You know, you mentioned stairs twice earlier in the show when you were talking about your son's diagnosis. It was apropos of nothing at the moment. Like, it didn't belong in the story. And you made sure to give me the detail that your husband carried your son down the stairs because they were slippery. Do you know you did that? I did. Yeah. And, and it's not – if you think about that story from, like, a third-party perspective – Telling us who carried the kid down the stairs is meaningless to the story. Like, it was important to you. Like, you inserted it in the story on purpose. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I, I actually, I there's a note here in front of me about it. Because it struck me as, like, out of place in the sentence. I was like, I wonder what that's about. But we got to it eventually. Okay. So, your tech. By the way, Flight Risk is now the name of your episode. <laughs> finally, finally, we found it. <laughs> it's beautiful. We found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're discharged honorably, I imagine, after how long? More medical discharge, uh, just, right? Just under three years. Okay. And, wow. And how's the anxiety been since then? Well, I see a therapist every three weeks. It's fine. It's okay. 
Yeah. We manage. I intentionally do things that make me anxious to force me to work on my coping skills. Mm-hmm. I just thought of I just thought of a question so inappropriate that I'm not going to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> but you ask how I pooped afterwards. I know, but this is I found a different level. <laughs> you just said something, and I thought so. No doggy style, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? I don't know. I didn't know if it made you nervous because <laughs> of the exposure. You know what I mean? I mean, it's definitely not my ideal. That's setup. not your go-to. My ideal <laughs> no. setup. I love how you word things. That's not my <laughs> ideal setup. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I don't. I just this got really away from us really quickly too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's terrific okay all right so i'll leave are you comfortable with me leaving that question in oh i don't care all right i wonder if i have to bleep i mean that. i literally told you about a reconstructive surgery and being incontinent yeah I so know. but that's medical people don't like yeah. people don't like to talk about fun they just want to talk about medical stuff it's okay if we talk about buttholes medically if i if i made a joke about you know any number, but there's like six of them in my head right now that I could make, but that I wouldn't make, <laughs> that I wouldn't make. But then people would be like, "Oh, see what happens. Everything's sexual." <laughs> <laughs> well, just tell people to get over themselves. Yeah. Also, your butthole is the least sexual thing I've heard of in a while. So, <laughs> talk about being in the military. It sounds like a war zone down there. Um, so. Okay. It was. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, I mean, I obviously I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Also, like, I'm thinking about You're like, not. recovery and um, healing and just such a delicate place, you know, just yeah. it had to have been long and difficult, I would imagine. Oh, it was. And then the, the hospital let me leave without using the bathroom first. To test it which, out once? No, I, I didn't. They just let me leave without using the bathroom. Oh. And... Like, not even peeing. And they gave me a saddle block. I don't respond to anesthesia very well. Okay. I had a colonoscopy done, and I woke up in the middle of it and kicked the doctor and told him they had to stop. Like, I don't respond to anesthesia very well. You woke up in the middle of a... a, Oh, my God. Did you really? Like, awake fully? Like, aware? There's, like, hey, there's something in my butt, and everybody's here? Like, you had, like, full consciousness? Yes, and I kicked the doctor and told them that they had to stop. Oh, no. I would have done that. And then they gave me more anesthesia and then I woke up later, but I still remember the incident happening. Wow. Why is your life full (laughs) of so many horrifying things to do with your butthole? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. This isn't on purpose, right? You don't have like a a fixation or anything like that. Just bad luck. Nope. Bad luck. That's that kid. He screwed you. Yeah. Well, literally and figuratively shit luck. Yes. Yeah. That's really something. Maybe don't tell your son yeah. about this. This might really scar him. <laughs> Honestly, just tell him there were complications, but you're okay now. Um nah. oh, eh, let him suffer. He needs the truth. <laughs> he'll 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 be fine. <laughs> I lived through it and I'm fine. I'm here to tell the tell. Yeah, no kidding. How long ago was all this? Ten years? Well, my youngest is gonna be nine in July. So, so around around that distance of time. Eight eight years ago. You're in your mid twenties when this happened, mid to late twenties. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I, for you know, for some reason that makes it more disappointing to me. I, I agree. I, that's when my therapy sessions really kicked into gear. 
Hmm. Did you have any anxiety? I was anxiety? 24 when I had him. Seriously, did you have any anxiety prior to all this? I did, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I had depression prior to all of this. Okay. But the anxiety has been progressively worse and worse. And my family history is all sorts of disastrous for mental health and all of these. We things. heard you moved across the country. I figured that when you said that. <laughs> um, I didn't yes. I didn't think it was over politics when you said that. So um It wasn't. So I mean, honestly, as oddly as we're getting to this, you have real medical trauma. Oh yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I had no idea when and you came on the show. And I don't trust doctors. Well, yeah, I got and that. And I don't trust doctors. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't that. trust them at all. Yeah, that I got. So it's a double whammy because you're you have a medical trauma and you needed doctors and you already weren't mm-hmm. in a position to try to trust them. And then that got worse when they do things like let you out of the hospital first because you didn't finish that thought. But I'm assuming your first bowel movement after the procedure at home was not a great moment. No, and I didn't pee for 24 hours. So then I had to go back to the hospital local to me, which, by the way, the surgery hospital was an hour and a half away at that time. Mm. Then I had to go to the local hospital and get a catheter put in for a week. Wow. Jeez, you got bad. You yeah. had some bad luck there for a while, huh? Yeah. Do, do you think you would have been? Mm, yeah. I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to. Do you think you would have been better off if you lived in a more metropolitan area? No. No, you don't. Think I've you lived would have... in more metropolitan areas, and they still suck. <laughs> Heather hates doctors. I think it's yeah, just yeah. doctors. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the very least, the ones you've met so far. Wow. Yes. Well, like. That's... As a teenager, I got asked, was I putting the blood and pus in my urine from having kidney stones? Wait, I don't know. Because they thought that I just wanted pills. Oh, they thought you were... What What pills would you get from that, though? Painkillers? Yeah, that's what they thought that I wanted. Well, that's brilliant. Do people do that? Oh, where I'm from? 100%. So I go into the doctor's office. Hey, everyone, here's a how-to for how to scam pain pills. I'm, I don't mean it this way, but the people would go into the doctor's office, say, hey, I have, like, give them certain symptoms that would make the doctor ask for urine, and then you'd put, like, blood into it to fake the thing so that you would get the pain medication. I guess. Wow. I don't, I, it never made sense to me because I had blood and pus in my urine, and they were like, are you putting that in there? And I was like, yeah. I'm squeezing a zit in the bathroom to make sure that there's a little bit of pus in here somehow. Like, no, I would have brought it. I would have brought it in a baggie if I was going to do it. But I hear what you're saying. Like, you can't count on the zit being there on the day. We got a pre-plan for that. But you know what this is teaching me? Addiction is a real motivator. Like, seriously, because that's (laughs) I I know that sounds silly because it's such a weird and odd thing. But really, if you step back, you know how brilliant that is? Like, like, really, like, like that's a problem-solving person right there. I need pain medication. I'm going to go to the doctor, say these things, put blood and pus in my urine to mimic this issue that will end up with me getting pain. I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, would you? No. No, I'm just saying. I was, like, 16, I mean, that's not going to stop anyone from doing drugs. But like you, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I I don't. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Something else. I didn't even consider that at the time. Yeah. And which is funny because my brother was a drug addict and my mom is an alcoholic or was an alcoholic. She's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. But like, I I didn't even consider that. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. That's really, I mean, it's just oddly interesting to me that, that 
that would be a way somebody would come up with drugs, like to drug seek. Cause this is what you're doing. It's drug seeking. But, but the way yeah. you, but the way you handle it, I mean, that's like second, that's not just going in there and going, Oh, I hurt. You're like, let me right. show you, let me show you, let me show you testing that will show you I'm in pain. I don't know. It's pretty damn impressive. I'd be mean, seriously, uh, especially because you got to think that the first guy that came up with it, and it was obviously a guy, um, the first time somebody <laughs> came up with it, like it was probably during withdrawals. And they were like, you know what I could do here? That's got to be, yeah. I don't know, it's just fascinating to me. Wow. Okay. Heather, what have we not talked about that we should have? Oh, diabetes? No. <laughs> no, in the middle, you said the podcast was really valuable and it helped you. <laughs> I heard you say that. <laughs> um, it did. It I mean, truthfully, all the things that you say on the podcast are so true. And my distrust for doctors was, I know that I'm supposed to um, consult my doctor before I do anything because you're not a medical doctor and this isn't medical advice, but they don't know what they're doing. None of them know what they're doing. And an endocrinologist that doesn't have diabetes definitely doesn't know what they're doing. Wow. And they're just guessing just as much as I am, but I'm seeing it every single day and they're just seeing numbers on a piece of paper. So I have been making changes since three weeks post-diagnosis on my own because the doctors wouldn't respond to our messages. They wouldn't help us. They were neglectful Mm -hmm. to say the least. You know, it's funny. There's two things happening that you can't see right now. I'm going to tell you about the first one and the second one. The first one is I have another monitor off to my other side where I was Googling things and stuff like that, like anemia and stuff like that. And my Facebook page is open for the private group. And it just populated in front of me because somebody tagged me. Uh, I've been waiting to be able to share this, but I didn't think it would be so soon. Today, my son's endo appointment, his A1C was 5.2. His last one was 6.3. And though I had been casually listening to the podcast for a while, I had only recent. Um, I had only recently uh, started making changes to the settings on my own. We don't ref- yeah. we don't restrict food activity, blah blah blah. But what that person just said is the same thing. It's fascinating. They just said the same thing you said. Like I made changes to my settings. That's yeah, it. yeah. And we said earlier, diabetes is just settings. It's it's you getting yeah. the right amount of insulin at the right time, and if you're on a pump. That happens through your settings. If your settings are wrong, you're not getting the right amount of insulin. Um, if your settings are wrong on your insulin to carb ratio, for example, then you're mistiming your meals. It's all just timing and amount. So, yep. and and for a, a little boy here, who by the way is adorable, whoever's kid this is, well done. And um, <laughs> and for you, a lady in her 30s whose butthole one time exploded. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're a little boy or a lady with an exploded butthole it's timing and amount and that's that yeah yeah wow yeah i appreciate you saying that i mean i so the reason it was exciting to me when you reached out at first and you were like hey i think i fast forwarded like with the podcast i was excited to have you on because sort of behind the scenes i get pressure from people and um mostly happens I don't want to say where it mostly happens, but because uh, it'll out somebody and it's unfair to put pressure on them. But there are people who will tell you, basically, when somebody's diagnosed with diabetes, don't tell them everything. It's too much. Oh, they didn't. Yeah. Like, you, you don't don't give them all the information. Let them figure it out slowly. And I'm like, I don't understand that idea. Like, tell people everything and then yes. they, they can apply it as it makes sense to them. 
Yeah, just because this X person is easily confused by something doesn't mean that everybody would be. And I think right. it, I think it's wrong to withhold things protecting the one person who of 10 who would be confused by it. Because overwhelmingly, I mean, if you saw the numbers for the downloads of the podcast and how many people are in the Facebook group and everything, you would see that overwhelmingly people can handle being told the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I like that idea because it, it is my it is my feeling that if I knew when my daughter was diagnosed what I know now, that the first number of years of her life with diabetes would have been much better. So exactly. I feel very fortunate that I did have the background that I did with his diagnosis. Like I already knew how to count carbs. So I don't have any issues with putting things on a scale. Mm -hmm. Like I've taught several clients how to do that. Like it, that was a no brainer to me having to figure out the insulin to carb ratio. Like it's, it's a playing game. Like you have to figure out what works and not all carbs are created equal so you have to figure out what works for this food and what doesn't work for that food. And you just kind of have to learn and go with it. And like you say, be flexible yeah. and take a chance and be bold. And if you have to catch a low later, then catch a low. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'd much rather fight, well, catch a low than fight a high all day. Yeah. And you got that. I'm not, I'm not speaking for you, but you got a lot of that from the podcast, right? All of that from the podcast. Okay. All right. So, well, I'm glad. Remember I said I was doing two things that you couldn't see? You want to know what the second one is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is so weird. I'm not wearing shoes or socks right now. If I, okay. cro- if I cross my left foot over my right foot, I can use my big toe on my right foot and the toe next to it to pull all of the toes on my left foot. Like I can crack the toes on my left foot by putting them in between my big toe and my the second toe on my right foot <laughs> and pulling. I cannot cross my right foot over my left foot and accomplish the same thing. I can't pull the toes on my right foot with my left foot, only my left foot with my right foot. I know it's not a big deal, Heather, but I work on it constantly and I can't figure it out. <laughs> well, I'm going <laughs> to make a suggestion for you. Go ahead. Wear shoes. That you're going to. No, absolutely not. I, no, don't wear shoes. <laughs> wear them as least often as possible. Your feet need to connect with the ground. Do what is called cars, C A R S, with. Did you, did you mean vehicles? You'll have to Google it. Did you mean vehicles? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Um, and do it with your toes. Controlled will... articular rotation, foot cars. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. And it'll teach you different. You'll, I mean, it's going to take a lot of effort because I can't do it still either. But lifting just your big toe up. Or lifting all of your other toes but your big toe with your big toe being sitting on the floor. Um, just get some more motion and mobility Really, in your toes. Well, I'm going to yeah. do that while I'm sitting here instead of the other thing. Yeah. What's my end goal with this? Just more control over my feet? Yeah, more control over your toes. Maybe one day I'd be able to eat with them. I, I mean, sure, if you wanted. <laughs> There's no way. You thought you, you thought your hips were bad. There's no way my foot's getting to my mouth. <laughs> I don't think it's, your your feet are the foundation of your whole body. Okay, so you said some. Uh, we're going to be done. We're basically if if you're bored, it's over now. But I have one more question for Heather. Okay, Absolutely. I got to find my phone. Uh, I found it. It's about electrical impulses. Mm-hmm. From the TENS gr- units? 
No, from the ground? Oh. Hold on a second. I, I didn't know, like, we, if you were getting into some hippie stuff when you said, like, your feet have to be on the ground, like, connected with the ground. Were you saying that? I mean, if you want to call it hippie stuff, but it's just the foundation of your body, and many people don't have good mobility for their feet. They don't have... A lot of people just don't use their feet. They use shoes. Mm-hmm. And your shoes take away the sensations that you would have if you walked on the floor. Okay. So it's like something about grounding. Yeah. Like genuine earth. There's like sleep systems, beds that they, they, they say ground you to the, to, to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why for, why do I know about this? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know how true or false it is, but they like they literally want you to run a wire from like your bed to the ground outside. To oh, con- I'm not doing that. To connect you to the grounds, like I don't know. Anyway, it sounded kind of hippie to me, but um, that sounds hippie. Yeah, I I kind of half no. thought you were heading there. No, I don't think you should connect yourself to the ground outside. Okay, I think when you stand up and walk, you do that enough. Gotcha. How to connect the ground <laughs> to your bed with the earth. Grounding. Earth. It's called earthing. Earthing or grounding? I don't know. If anybody knows about that, I'm interested. I'm not. Yeah. Well, I'm interested because <laughs> I think it might be bullshit. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and by might be, by might be, I'm saying I'm 100% sure it's bullshit. <laughs> but I would, but right. if somebody has a different experience with it, I would like to hear about it. Well, if it's a doctor, no offense. It's probably not going to be factual anyway. Heather, are there people in other professions that you don't trust? Oh, almost all of them. <laughs> okay. Would it be easier to make a list of people you do trust? Yes. Go ahead. Um, well, you, you're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just base your stuff off of your experience and what you've learned. I trust my husband. Not the youngest kid. Maybe the older one. Yeah, I do trust him. He's really good. He's really mature. <laughs> Even before diabetes. This one's a shithead. Um, <laughs> literally. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you never had that feeling like that? Like, oh, I really want to have a baby feeling? No. How did you end up having a baby? Drunk at a wedding? No. Oh, okay. It's usually no, drunk at a wedding. Oh, you don't even drink at a wedding. Um, does that, did your husband want, um, like, seriously, did your husband want kids? And you were like, eh, all right, I guess so. No. <laughs> Neither one of us had, like, the parental instinct. It just kind of yeah. happened, and we just with it. I went with it. It's like, all right, we're going to do this. I really don't think you should let your children hear this. I'm just being honest. <laughs> okay, that part I might. Yeah, leave that part sure. out. Yeah, yeah. Mommy and Daddy, we were. I'm glad that they're here. Yeah, I'm glad. That, I'm, I'm, well, isn't it interesting how that even for a person who explains things the way you do, now they're here, and would can you imagine them not being here? No, no, not at all. Something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did your husband I have imagine a, it? Can I ask? Did your husband have a similar like family history growing up? Uh similar. Yeah. Hmm. So you think, yeah. is it fair to say that you are trying to protect other people from being treated the way you were treated? Oh, that's 100% okay. fair. 
So maybe back when you were younger, you couldn't imagine how to do that consciously. So you thought just by not making babies, it would stop you from being your mom or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because being her was and still is one of my biggest fears. Wow. Okay. It's interesting. Even though she has since passed. But yeah, it's one of my biggest fears. I understand. All right. I think we've done a lot here today, Heather. I think we're good. I think we're done. What's the rest of your day looking like? Schoolwork. Oh, God, that's horrible. I'm going to edit this podcast till my face falls off. Um, I'll probably edit for the next... I don't even want to say this, but I'm trying to go. I'm going away next week, so you guys can't know that I'm gone. So I have to... I have to basically button up everything that I want to put out for like the next 12 days. So I think, that's crazy. Yeah. I think I'm going to edit. It's two o'clock now. I'm going to get something to eat and then I'm going to edit probably until like 10 o'clock tonight. That's a, that's a long day. Yeah. I mean, it's what two o'clock where you are. Yeah. It's going to take about eight hours of editing and then I'm going to, uh, then I'll pop up tomorrow fresh as a daisy and I will, mm-hmm. um, record at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Who put that on my schedule? Nine in the morning. It was not me. What in the hell? <laughs> but this better be a good. This better be a hell of a conversation for me to be up that early. I'm not. I'm just not even joking at all. Um, and then I have a meeting at 5 p.m. tomorrow for a new advertiser. And, oh, congratulations! Oh, we'll see. Hopefully, they're in. We'll find out. Uh, and then. I'll spend the rest of tomorrow and the next day making the content ready and scheduling it. And um, you're a busy man. That's I appreciate it. What I'm gonna do. So uh, it's my pleasure, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to say. Though. I am supposed to say that, and that's what I, I. But it actually is my pleasure. So, like, joking <laughs> aside, like, I don't know what this says about me, or maybe we could figure it out if we had more time, but that your son is healthy and that this like little boy got a five, two and that all the people in the group are doing well or on their way to doing well or doing poorly and don't realize if they stay with the podcast long enough that they'll be doing well. Like all of their success makes me, have you ever had a job that at the end of the day you were like satisfied with and you felt good about? Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like it just, it's like, Oh, I did a good, I did a good job. And I did my job well, and people are going to do better because of that. Like, I try not mm-hmm. to get too, I try not to get too existential and think about it too far because I don't want to give myself, I just don't think I deserve all this credit because people do a lot of hard work, obviously. But there's no doubt in my mind that you meet a nine year old boy with diabetes and he doesn't find the podcast, and you find one that does. And the one who does has a better chance of like 30 years from now still being healthy. And, and, and like, I try to think about that. I try to think about like, I'm going to get up today and do a thing that is going to save a person from something years from now when I'm dead and, and they'll never even know they were saved from it. So they will be saved the physical impact and the psychological trauma of it. Right. And that'll be because my son will probably never know. I'm I'm hoping that one day he'll listen to the podcast, but right, yeah. I just think I just think like wow, like that's something. Like I because like, like if we talk about it like in a businessy sense, I hope that we're creating doctors and 
CDEs and people who stick up for themselves in doctor's offices and people who take the time to talk to their doctors about it, which people do. People from the podcast do it all the time. They'll get into an, a, 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 you know, a, a setting with a doctor. The doctor will be like, I don't, how do you know how to do all this? And they'll literally pull out their phone and be like, I listened to this episode and then this one and this one. And, and, and that is great, you know, like, cause it'll help people. But like I, the way I used to say it, cause it, but people find it morbid, but like, I kind of hope that like, I kind of hope thousands of people show up at my funeral and they're all just yeah. there going like, Hey, that guy, like he did a thing a long time ago and I'm healthy because of it. That's really like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, and, and that's a, again, a, it's a bit of a euphemism. I don't actually want you all to show up at my funeral. To be perfectly honest, please let's leave me alone. But um, <laughs> but but I want that idea. Like I want that when my I, I want that one day when someone hears that I passed, there's five seconds where they think, I, I think I'm healthy because of that guy. And oh yeah, and not for me. I don't want it for me. I want it for what it means to them. That's just the way I'm explaining it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, either. yeah, um, yeah. I honestly and good. I'm going to, I'm going to promote you for a second on your own podcast. So like whatever juiceboxdocs.com. I think that's the website. Mm -hmm. Go to it. That's how I have my current doctor that knows about the juice box podcast and supports the methods. Again, juiceboxdocs.com. Yeah. Go to the website and find a doctor local to you. it's, It's a list of doctors that people from the podcast suggested. There you go. Yeah. I don't do a good enough job. I have a lot of stuff. Sometimes I don't do a good enough job promoting all of it. But that I actually thought that today when there's a person in the Facebook group put up this, uh, it's a graph, like a real up and down graph. And I popped in and I said, like, uh, you're chasing the blood sugars. Uh, and I forget what else I said. I said, like, three other things. It's like, And the person's like, well, you have to explain to me what this means. Like, it would be nice if there was an episode about it. And I, and I thought, you motherfucker. <laughs> There's a whole podcast There's about it. There's a whole it. goddamn podcast about it. It's all been written down already for you. But no, I didn't really think that. I just what I really thought was like, oh my god, I'm not doing a good enough job reaching people because that information for him exists already. And so we just you know like yeah. hey, you send a link, like check this out, and you hope they make it to that because the answer to that problem is there. I mean, you can lead a horse to water. I think that's the saying. You just can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. You literally have led everyone to the water. Yeah, they I, have the resources. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like, it is possible to be in, and it's crazy, but it's it's possible to be in the Facebook group for the podcast and not even know about the podcast. I've actually seen it. Like, I've seen people. Yeah, I've seen it too, but. Been in there for years. That's no excuse. They're like, what podcast? <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean. Read the title of the page. Do you have any idea how that makes me feel? <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> like, what am I not doing? What am I not doing? Oh, uh, wow. Well, um, Heather, you were terrific. I don't think I can put the word butthole in the title because we already have an episode called Butthole Adjacent, which is about Adjacent. an exploding yeah. taint. Yours didn't explode. Yours was decimated by childbirth. But... Um, <laughs> Wow. I bet you that takes sexy time away for like a whole year. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd be like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, thank was, you. Keep your baby. Was, that was a keep, your, keep your baby stick over there. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. All right. Uh, Heather, thank you very much. You were terrific. Thank you. Yeah. Hold on one second for me, okay? 
Well, I'm going to thank Heather for coming on the show, of course, and I'm going to thank Omnipod. Omnipod.com slash juicebox. Maybe you could get a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash, or maybe you'll just jump right into the Omnipod 5. I don't know what you're going to do. You might not know either. Go check out at the link. Check out at the link. I don't know. Go to the link. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. When you support the sponsors using the links, you're supporting the show. Speaking of the sponsors, Touched by Type 1. Touched by Type1.org. Head there now. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on the grammar. It, do, they, kids don't call Instagram the grammar anymore, do they? It doesn't matter to me. Go do that stuff. Touched by Type1.org. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of Juicebox Podcast.